this sikha at the beginning of on the beginning of the book of Ayikra. Um, it's a bit of a complicated technical Rashi analysis. We'll try to focus on a couple of elements of it. The verse starts off, the book of Ayikra starts off with Adam ki mikem karbon Hashem, if a person will bring from among you an offering for Hashem. So Rashi uh, quotes the words Adam ki mikem, a person will bring from among you, and says kishi yakriv, if he chooses to bring. Because we're talking about what type of offerings? We're talking about voluntary offerings. Seemingly, Rabbi asks, this is an explanation of the word kiyakriv, if he chooses to bring, which means it must be a voluntary type of offering and not an offering that he's obligated to bring. But if that's the case, he asks, why does Rashi quote all four words, Adam kiyakriv mikem, if this is just an explanation of the words kiyakriv? Then Rashi quotes from verse the word Adam on its own, and it explains what is Adam. Why does it say Amen? Why, why does it say this? Just because it's a reference to Adam, to Adam Arishin. Just as Adam Arishin, the first man, couldn't bring a, an offering from anything stolen because everything was his, so too we're being instructed that we shouldn't bring a stolen animal as an offering, as a karma. What does he mean, Lama Nemar? Why does it say Adam? So Rashi, so, so the Rebbe offers several interpretations. Um, to say that he's asking that it shouldn't say the word at all, he argues that there's no real reason for him to have that question. If you think, why does it have to say both Adam and Mikam, a man from among you? Why can't it just say Adam Kiyakrev, a person who will bring the offering, or Mikam Kiyakrev Mikam, when a person, when when someone brings from amongst you? But he says, if that's the case, the question should really be on Mikem, which is the latter, the, the, the latter of the two. Um, the second one, why does Rashi ask the question on Adam? So some commentaries explain that the question is, why does the Torah use the word Adam rather than Ish? And that's why he's saying, why does it say Adam to, to, to reference Adam or Ish and to reference Adam? But if that's the case, why should it say Ish rather than Adam? They're about evenly used by different verses. Also, why does Rashi first interpret Adam Kiyakriv and then go back and analyze the word Adam? Wouldn't it make more sense to first analyze the word Adam and then analyze Kiyakriv when he brings an offering? So some explain that actually the two questions are answered by one another, that the reference to Adam rather than Ish means specifically a Jewish person rather than a non-Jew, Atem Kriyim Adam, as the verse says, as the commentaries say, you are called Adam, this particular term of Adam is used specifically to refer to a Jewish person. The law is that non-Jews aren't obligated, they don't have any obligatory offerings, they can only bring a voluntary offering, and therefore it makes sense that since we say ki akriv, since Rashi explained that ki akriv means if he chooses to offer, in other words, that it's voluntary, if that's the case, it should have, it, it, that, then I would think that 
It could be even an Anjou. That's why it has to say Adam to tell you that it's talking here about the Jewish people. But the Rebbe asks, first of all, nowhere in Pshutei Shel Mikra, in the simple meaning of the text that Rashi focuses on, nowhere does it mention previously that Adam specifically is a reference to Jews. And if that was the case, if that is what's, what, what, what it meant to say, where do we know in the simple meaning of the text that non-Jews are allowed to bring voluntary offerings. That also is something that's derived in the Gemara rather than clear in the text. Furthermore, then he shouldn't have said Lama Nemar Adam. Why did it say Adam? It should have said Eich Nemar Adam. How could it say Adam? Which would be removing, which would seem to be excluding non-Jews who in fact are allowed to bring the offering. The Rebbe further asks, since the word mikem, since the word from among you seems to be unnecessary, why doesn't Rashi address it? And also, the Rashi's answer that Adam is about Adam Arishan is about the first man to tell you that you can't bring from stolen objects because he couldn't have brought from anything stolen since everything belonged to him. There's actually two different Midrashic sources for this. One says because everything belonged to him, it couldn't be stolen. The other one says that he was the only one in the world, therefore he couldn't steal from anybody. Why does Rashi choose this one and what is the differences between them? So the Rebbe says as follows. He says on a basic level, we would have assumed that we're dealing with obligatory offerings because it only makes sense to start the book that deals with offerings, with those cases of offerings that are actually an obligation. And therefore, if there was any way to interpret it as talking about obligatory offerings, we would have. Now, what kind of offerings could, what, what kind of obligatory offerings could it be talking about? Since it says, in fact, even though it says Adam, I would have assumed that that doesn't exclude non-Jews. Um, because they, in fact, can't bring obligatory offerings. They could only bring, uh, bring um, voluntary offerings. In other words, by saying the word mikem, by quoting in Rashi's heading, also the word from among you, he's emphasizing that you can't interpret this verse as talking about non-Jewish offerings. If that's the case, we would look to interpret it in some ways as talking about obligatory offerings. What kind of case of obligatory offerings could it still say ki yakrif if he chooses to offer? The only case would be a case where somebody sinned when they were still a child. In which case they're not, it's an obligatory offering, meaning they did something wrong that obligates them to achieve atonement, but a child isn't obligated in any punishments. And therefore, once he becomes an adult, if he chooses to bring the offering, that would be voluntary. But if that's the case, the Rebbe asks, why does it emphasize, the, if you wanted to emphasize the age, the best way to do that would be by using the word ish which implies specifically an adult. And the emphasis then would be that he's bringing it now as an adult. Since it says Adam ki akrif, Adam does not emphasize age specifically. It can be used for an adult or a child. If that's the case, then it can't be talking about this particular case of a child that grew up. And therefore, it must be talking about a, a, a voluntary offering. Even though we prefer to interpret it as an obligatory offering, it must be talking about a, a voluntary offering. If that's the case, then you again have the question, why does it say, in fact, Adam? Why does it say a man? In other words, from the fact that it doesn't say ish, 
if, if, if we wouldn't necessarily have the question. But once it says Mikem, and Mikem tells you that it must be Jewish, and therefore it must be talking about a Kiyakriv is telling you that it's talking about voluntary offerings, then we have the question, why does it say Adam? And that Rashi answered by saying that just as Adam, just as Adam, couldn't have brought a stolen offering because, every, because everything was his, so too we can bring a stolen offering. Why does he choose to emphasize this that everything was his, rather than saying he was the only one in the world. The Rebbe says the fact that it, there's two ways of looking at it. One is that he couldn't steal because he had nobody to steal from. He was the only one in the world. The other one is that he couldn't steal because everything was his. If we're, say, we're, we're to, to choose the language of the Medrash, he couldn't steal because there was nobody else in the world, that's only true for the first couple of hours of Adam's existence. After that, and for the vast majority of his life, there were other people in the world. Now, in, in the Medrash, he could still say that actually Adam brought a, a, an offering that wasn't stolen. But Rashi isn't saying that he brought an offering because in the simple meaning of the text, we don't know that he brought an offering. So Rashi is choosing to go with that it wouldn't have been possible for him to bring an offering from a stolen item. Now, for that, he can't say that there was nobody else in the world because for most of Adam's life, there were and he could have stolen. Therefore, he chooses the language that he couldn't steal because everything belonged to him. And since everything belonged to him, there's no way for him to steal. What about the fact that doesn't he, how, how does everything belong to him? There were other people still that owned other items. It says the Rebbe, you could interpret it as just as it says when adults are being supported for, by their father, that everything still belongs to their father. Therefore, Rashi says, everything belonged to him. It wasn't necessarily in his possession. Other people possessed items, but everything belonged ultimately to him. And whatever he chose to give them, he would have given them out of his own free will. He wouldn't clearly wouldn't have stolen that back to him. How does everything become his? Doesn't he have to actually acquire it? So the Rebbe gives, says on a basic level, one way of interpreting it would be the question of what is an ownerless object. When something is ownerless, when something is, 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 is not claimed by any specific individual, there's two ways of looking at that. One is that it's owned by everybody equally, and one is that it's not owned by anybody. If it's not owned by anybody, you need to do an act of acquisition to make it yours. If it's owned by everybody, the only reason you need to do an act of acquisition to make it yours is to take away everybody else's claim of ownership. But in Adam's case, where there's nobody else who has to, to have a claim of ownership, he wouldn't actually have to do an act of acquisition altogether. However, the Rebbe says this isn't clear necessarily that this actually stands up to halachic analysis, nor does Rashi actually hint to this in any way. So therefore, the Rebbe gives a different interpretation. The Alter Rebbe said, talks about the ownership of a monarch, that a king owns all of the land that's under his control, and if he conquers another nation, then that becomes part of his ownership as well. If that's the case, since Adam was the only person in the world at the time, the entire world, as it were, was conquered by him. And therefore, he had automatically the land grant ownership, he had a right to everything that was contained within it. This is something that's self-understood, that Rashi references in other places, as understood in Pshuti Shalmikra, the simple understanding of the text and therefore he doesn't need to give any further interpretation.